Ladies and gentlemen, All About Reality is back with you. Everybody in the house today, Ryan Krauchik, Matt Goody, Luke Patrick, we are here. We have caught the fever. The rookie drafts are almost upon us on Reality Sports Online. The real NFL draft is almost upon us in two weeks. Gentlemen, how are you? Welcome back. It's good to see you both. Good to be on. Let's jump in. Excellent, excellent. So here's the deal. We have a superlative prospect this year in Bijan Robinson. I want to start here. We're going to keep it tight for our listeners. So many people have been back and forth in my league chats. I don't know how it's looking for all of you, but there's a, a tension, I think, in Superflex at the top of the draft, right? When we know the value that, that especially in big leagues, that quarterbacks provide, and yet this year there seems to be a prospect, at least for fantasy, that's in a tier of his own in Bijan Robinson, who's getting all of the superlatives dropped on him the best prospects from Saquon Barkley, so on and so forth. So we face a dilemma, assuming we have Carolina and Houston going quarterback, quarterback, and then potential speculation after that. I just want to hear from you two, whom I respect. Is there any way that Bijan gets moved off the top spot for you in a super flex draft um, at this point? So Ryan, why don't you start? And then Goody, I'll turn to you. Yeah, so... With Bijan, I, I do agree. I think you look at a guy that uh, everything from like the 104 missed tackles, the, you know, look at the yards per carry all three years at Texas, eight two five eight six one, like a can't miss kind of prospect to me. So in my overall board, I, I rank all the, the players in the NFL draft, all positions, not just fantasy. I have him fourth overall. Uh, there's no way I'm taking anybody else um, at the top spot. I can't picture a place where he's not a featured back, even if it's a new England. I know people are concerned about that, but I go back to like what they did with Corey Dillon or, you know, guys like that in the past. And you see guys like Ramondre Stevenson having great success there. Bijan's just so much more talented, such great short area quickness and change of direction. The way he gets people to miss tackles. I think he's just you know, he's not, not got that top speed, high end guy like a Jameer Gibbs or anything like that, but he's got enough speed to get the edge. I just think he's that talented that to me that that's my one one. I have a one one in one of my leagues and I basically can pencil that pick in today. Yes, I do uh, find myself in that spot. Goody, I'm going to turn to you because I we can speak to this gentleman like I, I'm down to the sixth slot in the all about reality listener league. I'm at the, the number one spot, though, having traded with one of our compatriots and i'm at the the 101 in the writers league barring some unforeseen circumstances that's going to be Bijan, even in a super flex there goody is there any circumstance that could move you off Bijan? are you are you in the same boat as ryan and i um i happen to be in the same boat as both of you i just think that while you know the quarterbacks may may go one two maybe one two three depending on what the appetite is and if someone's moving up i just think that there's there's enough question marks with, with those guys um, with certain respects that make Bijan a, a slam dunk in, in this. I mean, even if you're very quarterback thirsty, I think that it, it, it's kind of a, still a risky proposition. So like, I mean, if you're going like 
three, four quarterbacks. I think just kind of the comps I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm just looking at NFL.com and Lance Zerline right now. CJ Stroud is being compared to Jared Goff. Um, I, I mean, I, I think the Drew Brees comparison is interesting to Bryce Young. You know, Drew Brees obviously like <laughs> had a lot of longevity in the league and a lot of passing yards in a, you know, in the, in the very like hyper efficiency and in the right scoring system that's super intriguing and playable. And then, you know, Anthony Richardson, I'm seeing compared to Cam Newton, but some raw tools. I think people are also going to have just, I mean, not with the, the draft capital will be way higher attached, I think, to Anthony Richardson, but like the kind of the Malik Willis staying and, so, and some of that. So I, I know there's been a lot of quarterback turnover in the league, but absolutely Bijan Robinson 101 and, you know, plug and play. Excellent, gentlemen. And you were so good. You guys, we, we hopped on. We couldn't wait to get after this. We haven't talked rookies yet. We were all kind of chomping at the bit a little bit. So I'll put my cards on the table for you. In fantasy, the tier has crystallized as I've listened to some of the best minds in our industry. For me, it goes Bijan. And then I have this tier that includes all the quarterbacks in Superflex and Jackson Smith and Jigba. And then I'm kind of torn as to whether or not that next grouping of running back which i have is zach charbonnet and jameer gibbs that you've already mentioned ryan so i'm like i'm like i've got a little bit of a uh, a quandary as to whether or not and it, that may be landing spot dependent there are some factors coming in so goody let me turn to you on this one i like that's not bad for me because that tier extending to number six gets me to where it needs to be in the all about reality league i'm kind of content with any quarterback or or the top receiver falling to me there for sure is how are you playing that at this point? Is the positional value of quarterback just so good to you that you can't see a world in which another running back or or the top receiver leapfrogs those guys? Or or are you are you open to a landing spot shifting that? Or sh- should I just be like grasping for QB at this point? At, at that point, um, I'd be grasping for QB. I I I'm not. I mean, I, I'm curious what Ryan says when he gets in and he's looked at prospects more. I'm just kind of looking more at a high level. Uh, I think I think this receiver class is one of the weaker ones in recent years. Um, I think there's there's some risk with it when I start looking at at some of the comps that are, that you know the industry experts and draft experts are throwing out with that, you know. And I I also kind of just have some some sticker shock just from different schools that some of the top receivers are coming from and some of the things. So like so you know obviously. I'm, you know, I, I watch more Ohio State than anything else. Jackson Smith and the Jigma, I think, you know, absolutely will probably be the first receiver off the board. But, you know, I, I mean, this, he had a, a pretty long-standing soft tissue injury that he didn't come back from this year, and, and that that kind that kind that kind of scares me. I mean, it'd be really interesting if if you know the Texans landed both Stroud and and him but like you know when you look at like someone like Lanzerline throwing out a comp of like Jarvis Landry very serviceable receiver not flashy like for fantasy purposes kind of a you know was a PPR stud for a while but like I I don't know that that excites you like the you know and the Justin Jefferson types and some of the things we've seen you know we've seen recently from like the LSU guys then you go to like Quentin Quentin Johnston I, I mean Max Dugan threw 32 touchdowns. He's a huge physical presence. He had six of them. You know, I like I I feel like at as best maybe maybe he's Mike Williams as at his worst. You know, or like an Alshon Jeffrey type. At his worst, he seems to have some issues with hands and separation. 
And, and so like, you know, those, those, those are your, your two guys. Plus like, you know, the TCU burn on some of that, I think there's going to be some hesitancy there. So I, you know, if I like, I think based on positional scarcity and everything else, and you're talking super flex, I, the, I think the quarterbacks are, are way more sure things. I don't think any of these receivers have the upside to change that paradigm. If so, you, if you had Ryan, if you had told me that Goody was going to start his analysis with being dubious about the schools that the receivers were coming out of, knowing that the top receiver on the board was, you know, the Ohio State University, I would, I would have died laughing. I would have been like, that, that sounds like something you and I would go after him. That's for. wide receiver, you man. No, yeah, I think exactly. if I if I look at um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I feel like he is a very very clean route runner, which I think is what separates him from the receivers in this class and you know you you watch some tape from 2021 where he wasn't injured to you know that soft tissue stuff like goody was saying and you know you see the more explosiveness out of guys like chris Olave and garrett wilson but he's a very very nuanced wide receiver in jigba and i think he could be a very good number one in the nfl so i i really like him as far as in that tier i I think to me, I have a tier of six guys in a super flex where it's Gibbs, Bijan, Stroud, Young, Richardson, and then Jigba. And I, I actually really, really like Jameer Gibbs probably more than most. And it hurts me that at 1-1, depending on destination where he lands, that I won't pull the trigger on him because of Robinson. But I just feel like he has such insane acceleration. He gets skinny through the hole and just, he's a flash. He's gone. And feel like in today's NFL where you got running backs that are getting less and less touches and you don't have guys getting 30 touches a game anymore. Those guys that can make that explosive play are incredibly valuable. I think he's got that like foot speed, like an Alvin Kamara. I know people hate that comp because he's, you know, a little bit shy at 200 pounds, but I think just that rare ability to hit the edge, that explosiveness that he has, that smooth footwork that he has, like you, the smallest of holes he could get through. And it's just, I, I really, really like, Gibbs as my number two running back. So to me, that's my tier. I got Robinson and Gibbs at running back. I got Stroud, Young, and Richardson at quarterback. And I have Njig that wide receiver. And based on needs, that's like my seven. And then I actually like the next tier a little bit more with some different names than a lot of people do. But yeah, that's that's my tier right now. So this is actually, I think, what makes a draft fascinating because your exclusion of the notable fourth quarterback name and Will Levis there is one, I think, that as much as we can read the crystal ball now, that does seem to be like he'll be the fourth one drafted in the NFL draft, at least the way the pundits are framing it that seemingly have their pulse on such a thing. Um, but let me put a, a different like scenario into the world. There are some too that say that uh, a team like the Colts like Levis, and who knows if this is a smoke, they like Levis more than, than Anthony Richardson. Is If he went as high as four, does that change the calculus for either of you gentlemen if he's if he's the the third quarterback drafted in the nfl draft does that push him over a superman at the combine like anthony richardson the konami code like that who may not be as good at nfl quarterback but certainly is a better athlete by all accounts at this point and by every measurable standard that we have yeah so i think Draft capital matters, uh, and I think with Will Levis, it'll be interesting. I actually think the NFL scouts are going to like him more than fantasy Twitter like 
him. Like I see people that are like, you know, third, fourth, fifth round grades, like talking here. And I could see him being like a really high second round grade for people. But other than that, Will Levis has some really nice tools. So uh, he goes four. I think he comes up into that like back end of that tier. Uh, the thing that I like about Anthony Richardson, though, is I, I look at a couple traits that he has that to me make him very moldable. One, he's got an insanely quick release. Um, it's it's one of the most impressive releases I think I've ever seen. It's it's lightning quick for him. And then the other thing is like I know people are worried about and Goody brought it up actually in the beginning of the show, Malik Willis. But this guy's 244 pounds. This is a linebacker running like this is more of like that Cam Newton style. And I I mean, I'm thinking about that Florida State game where there was one game where he pushed like it was literally the whole Florida State defense and he was carrying them on his shoulders, basically um, on a scramble up the gut. And it was just like that to me, just put him in a, you know, it's a different tier in the way that running quarterbacks, to your point, are that Konami cheat code. I love Anthony Richardson from a fantasy perspective. You know, Goody, as we turn to you on this, it seems like Ryan's affection for Anthony Richardson, I I find myself getting carried away with quarterbacks like this. I really, I I loved Justin Fields more than most for that capacity. And I gave up on him too early in a couple of instances, including trading him to you in the writer's league. Um, This is uh, not only is he just so strong and good as Ryan points out in, in the physicality that we literally have never seen before from that position as he set records at the combine and stuff. He also apparently is, is, going off the chart on the aptitude testing and even despite relative inexperience compared to the other quarterbacks at the top here it, for me it's hard for me not so much to like uh take him above will levis which seems great but i think he like he has like i have a real esteem for him to the point where i i more gamble on archetypes like that than on the drew Brees types like Bryce Young, who I think is a demonstrably better quarterback. So that's that's the difficulty that I'm having right now is, is almost letting my affection for that kind of size speed specimen run away at this position. What do you think, Goody? Where do you have him and or and or Will Levis? Are they are they below the top two, presumably? Stroud and Young? Um, I I think they probably have to be, but then when you're talking like physical tools like it, it it really depends on like what you watch and what you what you value in in your in your leagues I think and how you cater that towards the towards your scoring system I mean I I I mean that you know it's interesting because you hear like you know Will Levis is yoked and basically like you wonder like hey the the you know the draft folks critique everybody like is he too strong is he this you know like I I mean it it's funny also you just kind of like when you start seeing him slotted into a place like you know Tennessee maybe you're like is kind of boring to me so like I I think that it I think it, it gets it gets interesting and I right now I'm just I I don't have the ability like you know I'm I'm like you're you're house shopping basically but you don't have the vision of what you're going to like how you're going to lay the place out to to get your flat screen where you want it and and like you know all of that type stuff so I, I like at least I don't I think maybe Ryan may have a better picture of that maybe you have a better picture of that so I you know I I, I still I still think Richardson for me is is ahead of Levis I mean, I think you could you could make the argument on tools if you're if you're willing to to wait that you know that he he could end up being better better than than Stroud and Young. I mean, 
I I think Stroud is probably like if I were NFL GM, I think Stroud is the the more sure thing right now. But I, you know, I, I mean, I think he, you know, the performance against the this that signature Georgia defense was you know masterclass variety, and I know Ohio State quarterbacks have had problems in the past in the NFL for various reasons, but I I don't. I don't sense that, you know, like a work ethic issue or anything else. I think you just have a, you know, a, a very high character guy who's is going to go out there and, and, and demonstrate like what he, what he's capable of. So I, I think that, you know, if I were, if I were NFL GM, I think for sure, I, I'd be going Stroud one. I, I think though, you know, you're, you're not, <laughs> if you're expecting him to be a running quarterback, like, I, yeah, I don't think so. So he's not your Konami cheat code running back, but I feel like to your point though, like he's, he's got a lot of pocket mobility, which I like. And I saw a lot of really strong throws from him when he was on the run and in a disrupted pocket. So it's yeah. not going to give you to your point, like that fantasy boost of like a Anthony Richardson or a Jalen hurts or somebody like that, Lamar Jackson. But um, you know, I think he's got enough mobility to be successful the thing with Levis that gets me, and this is a little interesting nugget, because I'm uh, I'm from a small town in Connecticut, and Levis is actually from our rival town right next door in Madison, Connecticut. And one of the things that people don't realize is that a lot of talk about him transferring because he couldn't win out a job at Penn State, went to Kentucky. But people don't realize he also didn't win his high school starting job, Will Levis, and transferred out to local school in uh, Middletown, Connecticut, Xavier High School. So to me... There is something there, and I don't know if it's just a bias because of this, and I don't know how true this narrative is as far as, like, to Will. I don't know him as a person. Uh, But that just kind of flags to me when the going gets tough, he goes. And he's going to jump to that next situation. And he didn't stay to try to fight and win the position at Daniel Han High School in Madison, Connecticut. He went and transferred to Xavier. He didn't stay and try to fight in Penn State. He went to Kentucky. Uh, And then I just don't see that many, you know, signature wins from a guy like Will Levis. So I do have some concerns. The difference between him and Stroud is like Stroud. And this is what sets Stroud apart from the the other Ohio State quarterbacks is just his ball placement is so elite that I think it sets him apart. And even from a guy like Bryce Young, I just think what he does with the football, that pinpoint accuracy that he's able to deliver is something special. So to me, like definitely Stroud and Young different tier than the other two guys right now because Richardson's raw and because of the history with Levis. Um, but I think, you know, again, that draft capital matters. He goes to the Colts, you know, top five pick. And then I think I'm, I'm looking a little bit closer to him in the, uh, in the super flex leagues, but he does have some red flags to me. That's really well said. And I appreciate a deep dive with the Connecticut tea being spilled on Will Levis on our program. Like that's, you're not getting that anywhere else listeners where (laughs) Ryan's giving you the insight. And it is fascinating because the, the anecdote that is a little bit more uh, out there now, I suppose, is there are a couple of scouts saying that Will Levis, and this is the NFL maybe tipping its hand and telling us something. If in fact he does go higher than the, the fantasy community seems to like Will Levis is that it was the, it was more the program that he was in in terms of the verbiage that is compelling to scouts and to, to coaches at this point, because Will Levis was being asked to 
like think through the language of an NFL offense in a more significant way than the other three prospects. And so that's a really fascinating, again, I don't know that that would ever, if I was running a multi-million dollar organization, I don't know if that would tip me towards a player that didn't have the same physical skills that Bryce Young and Stroud have demonstrated or like the same uh, just kind of raw and, and wonderful aptitude for just being an amazing athlete that Richardson has demonstrated. But uh, I am, I, it is good to hear it. We haven't really upset the apple cart too much on any of these. Let's talk about the next tier then. Um, if I can, for you guys, the, the one that seems to is generating a lot of steam. Um, if we, if we grant that Gibbs is either in that tier, which I think you made the good, a good case for, or he's in a tier of his own, I would say like that. I think that's a, a position I would absolutely be comfortable with pointing our listeners to think that way. The next group has individuals like Zay Flowers. It has individuals like the, like uh, Quinton Johnson that that Goody referenced. You have, um, and then you have some pretty excellent running backs too, like Charbonnet, like and others. So, are there any that stand out in kind of that back half of the first, or, or and does that extend? This is the other thing that that tier is pretty big for me, Ryan. Like it extends pretty far, and so. Um, yeah, either one for you. I, either of you guys can hop in here. Ryan, I'll turn to you first. You've got you've got the, the the biggest roadmap for us here. I tend to like Charbonnet at the top of that tier just because I like running backs that are look like him. But uh, you can talk to me about what what that looks like for you. Either big tier or a guy that you like more than others, perhaps. Yeah. So you know, it it's funny. I don't think I've ever seen a year where a guy that puts up a game like Jalen Hyatt did against Alabama doesn't get talked about as a top wide receiver. Uh, he put up a 207 five touchdown game against Alabama. Good luck going back and finding someone that's put anything like that up, up against Bama. I mean, even when you watch Bijan Robinson play against Alabama, you kind of are like, ah, does he have the, does he have the explosiveness? Is he going to be the guy? And he does such a great job breaking tackles and, making more than he has in front of him with when he, when he runs the ball, but just like the productivity other than that one nice catch that he had along the sideline against Bama. Uh, I just, I look at Jalen Hyatt. I feel like he's getting totally disrespected. Um, I actually have a first round grade in the overall draft on Jalen Hyatt. So I have three first round grades on wide receivers. It's him, Jordan Addison, and then Jalen Hyatt. So to me, that next tier of wide receivers is Jordan Addison and Jalen Hyatt. And that running back, I'm right with you on Charbonnet. I think he's going to be a very talented back. I do like my backs to put up a sub four five forty generally when uh, they're coming out. I think that's kind of like a, a nice metric to look at. But there's been guys who have been very successful that haven't hit that number. Uh, but then I also like Taze Spears quite a bit, um, which is going to be a little bit of a much higher than you'll probably hear him elsewhere kind of guy. Uh, he had 21 touchdowns last year. 19 on the ground. And what was really impressive about Spears to me is a, his ability to make tacklers miss in the open field. It was elite. I think it's, it's as good as you're going to find in this class, but the spread between his carries, he had 112 zone carries and 117 gap design carries. So you're looking at a guy that I think is a little bit scheme agnostically. He could do what he could play anywhere. And I think that's getting a little bit undersold in a very, deep running back class. Um, so to me, that's kind of where that next tier comes into play. I also like guys like Zach Evans. And I think there's interesting guys like Devin A-Chain who have just been very explosive in the SEC and, and run that like four, three, two, forty, and everything. But 
Um, I think that's kind of the tier for me is those guys that I just mentioned, Charbonnet, Spears, Evans, A-Chain, um, Hyatt, and Addison. Um, and then I'll probably put, depending on where he goes, Zay Flowers in there as well. Yeah, and Goody, the, the, the talk and the, the most commonly mocked player to the Vikings is Addison. So I just feel myself overpaying for that gentleman in many drafts, like already, if that actually happens. But uh, but I also think he that's a decent scheme fit. We haven't even, and I don't like speculating ahead of time. We are so close to having that information. So I really appreciate the way you and Ryan are breaking down these players on their own merit. And uh, one of the first conversations that we had last year on this podcast Ryan and I were talking to each other about Garrett Wilson. And then we, we both realized we liked him a lot more pre-draft and then we let, and, and it eventually, I think these conversations have a lot of beauty to go back to when, when there's, there's, when there's a lot of conviction on just the talent of the player before we get carried away by where they get drafted. I think that that often can kind of prevent some real errors for fantasy drafters. If you, if you stick to your guns on what you believe about, the, the players themselves like that is often more helpful than chasing the landing spot um so goody how about you is you are you are like uh watch a lot of college football to the extent that you watch osu you see some of these guys like play pretty regularly is there anybody that stands out to you so far that you're like okay um this is this is one worth talking about too um Actually, I kind of wanted to pose a different question. Um, I didn't see, in fairness, I didn't see a ton of college football last season. Um, the My question is, I always feel like there's a sweet spot in reality sports online, rookie drafts, especially in bigger leagues, this, that, and the other, where you, where you want to be out of the draft. <laughs> and like where that tier of that last serviceable player that you want is... <laughs> You know, in the past, it's been, you know, I think guys like Michael Carter, like, you know, a couple other guys like, you know, that after that point, the cliff's falling, like you'd rather just punt to next year, et cetera. And, and, I'm, and I'm kind of with this to me being a weaker offensive class, I, I kind of want to know, is that spot at 206? Is that spot? So is that 18 picks in? Is that? 22 picks in like who who's the guy that like yeah we we all may be excited about different players and I you know like when you look at some of the college production these running backs I think you know I, like for me personally a guy like Kendra Miller has some interesting you know chops I, like I would say like the a, a chain as well like so like you know but like then when you see like who Miller maybe comps out to or anything else and you see some of the negative comments about him, you're like, okay, well, if he gets drafted in the, in the fourth round, are we totally punting on him? You know, a guy like Mo Ibrahim was probably one of the top <laughs> running backs before he got injured and then kind of came back from injury and was pretty productive. So like, you know, are those, are those guys that were taken at 204, 206 and then and being done or, or looking to trade for next year or, you know, and, and I know this kind of puts Ryan in a spot maybe because he may have some of his guys that he likes in some of his leagues. And, and, you know, we don't, I don't want to give up too much of the secret sauce, but um, that that's kind of like where my thought process is going right now. Cause I don't have a ton of picks typically and everything else. Well, listen, I think that's a great question to end on. I'm going to let Ryan take us home on that because I, I feel strongly that the guys that we've already talked about, the, the exact tier that Ryan just named, and then 
the name you added, Kendra Miller, onto that is about as deep as I'd want to go on in like our, our 10-team league, for example, the, the RSO league. Like I, I, I have no time for guys that are speculative after that for like small starting lineups and small rosters. For the deeper leagues, like All About Reality with, with 14 teams deep in it, I think I would characterize this draft a little bit differently. And I'm that's why I want to let Ryan take us home tonight. I actually think there's... There's, I could think of another half dozen names off the top of my head, and then you could add the the like a five deep in this tight end class that I'd like to take a swing on. Um, and so, I think I think I'd be way more comfortable into the third round at least with a bigger league where you're filling a lot of starting spots. But that's it for me this evening. I actually do want to hear like where Ryan takes us on that, and then we'll we'll wrap up tonight. Yeah. So. It's interesting because when you, you start getting a little bit deeper, I feel like there's like 13 guys that I'm very comfortable with. And, and we've really touched on all of them. Um, I start getting into a tier that gets a little bit interesting after that, where I actually think there's some useful players from a fantasy perspective that aren't getting a lot of love. And I look at like A.T. Perry from Wake Forest. He's like six foot four, runs a four, four, seven. And, you know, I just look at him and he's not like a JJ or Sega Whiteside or someone like that, or Hakeem Butler, like these guys that have, have busted. I think he's, he's actually surprisingly smooth as a route runner, a little bit of a long strider, but you know, I think he's got a potentially high ceiling. So I don't mind throwing a dart on that or a guy like Josh Downs, who was so good in contested catch situations and um, you know, is a, is a very established route runner and, and a very mature route runner. Uh, there's, there's some interesting guys there this year. So I think I'm comfortable going into the third round and not bailing on these picks. I mean, even a guy like Jaden Reed, he, he's a smaller receiver from Michigan state, but you looked at what he did to defensive backs at the senior bowl. And it was just like, all right, this guy's kind of rising to the top here at, at, you know, the, the cream's rising to the top when you, you put all those guys together and it just starts to be a little bit of a more interesting class, depending on landing spot. And I think you got running backs like Sean Tucker and Tank Bigsby, um, Dwayne McBride's a fun guy. I know he doesn't catch a lot of passes, but man, does he make a lot of a lot of guys miss. Um, Cedric Tillman's a bigger receiver, so there's depth in this class. And then to your point, Luke, like there's some tight ends that can be really, really good. And I really like Sam Laporta from Iowa. He's actually my favorite tight end in this entire class. Um, I know Michael Mayer gets a lot of love out of Notre Dame. You got Kincaid and Musgrave and. Um, there's a couple other tight ends that, that uh, deepen out this class, but I'm actually thinking it's deeper than people realize. And I keep seeing a lot of people being like, sell some of your picks for 2024 picks. And I don't know that I'm there yet. I think there's some really interesting talent that I want to see where they land before I bail out in this draft. So I do think there's that top 13, but then I think you got about 10 guys that are pretty interesting players that'll take you into the third round on a on a 10 team or, you know, deeper into the second in a 12, 14, 16 team league. So uh, I would say don't bail on the picks, do your homework on some of these guys, you know, go to YouTube, try to watch some Spears on, uh, you know, Taze Spears and AT Perry and Josh Downs and, uh, and even guys like, you know, we talked about it, uh, Devin A. Chain and stuff like that, but there, there's some pretty good talent here. So I think just do your homework and, Get yourself comfortable with where your tier is, but hopefully I've given you some names that you can go do a little extra studying on before you bail out of those picks. Absolutely. Ryan, where can they go looking for you if they want to engage with all of us deeper on these rookies on Twitter? Where, where are they looking for you, man? Yeah, absolutely. At 
what Gibbs FF, like Joe Gibbs, what Gibbs FF, uh, big Washington football commanders guy. So, um, you know, I, I spread a lot of love for that team, but also very, very much into the NFL draft and, uh, and fantasy football and dynasty. So come find me, give me an ad and feel free to ask about any prospects or draft questions that you have. We did indeed bury the lead a little bit for you and all Commanders fans out there. Congratulations on the seemingly imminent sale of the franchise. So that's got to be a light at the end of the tunnel. Pop the bottle of champagne. <laughs> yeah, very good. And goody buddy, where are they looking for you in the, over these next two weeks as we approach the draft? Um, at Matt Goody2 on Twitter. And congratulations on the sale of the franchise. I just hope that um, if, if, if Blitzer of the Harris Blitzer group is, you know, involved in that, that he saves some money to bolster the Guardians lineup at the um, trade deadline. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. This has been another episode of All About Reality with Luke Patrick, Matt Goodwin, and Ryan Krauchick at Fantasy.Gawk. Looking for you on the Twitter streets in the days to come as we approach one of my favorite days of the year, the NFL Draft.